And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about your dream house. Yeah, we're going to talk about your dream house. Now, I, I know I know what you're thinking. You're thinking your dream house is this, you know, 4,500 square foot property with a four-car garage on 10 acres of land with its own pond in it. That's your dream house, right? Or, or maybe, maybe your dream house is something a little bit different. Maybe your dream house is waterfront property in Florida with, with its own boat dock. And then you have your own boat sitting there ready to go at a moment's notice. That might be your dream house. Or wait a minute, wait a minute, your, your dream house. Now, for some of you, your dream house might be a high rise apartment. A high-rise apartment overlooking the entire city with views that go on for miles. Maybe, maybe that's your dream house. And I'm here to tell you, you're all wrong. You're all wrong. You've, you've got the dream house all wrong. And, and, and here, let me support my argument. Ready? I think the best dream house out there is actually the nastiest house out there. I do. The nastiest real estate refers to properties that are in extremely poor condition. They're neglected or they're even contaminated, making them undesirable and potentially hazardous. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Hazardous for habitation or development. I mean, these properties often suffer from severe neglect, a lack of maintenance or flat out misuse. So we're going to talk about what I consider to be a dream house on today's show. And, and it might, might catch you off guard. So let me, let me see if I can do a really good job of describing the perfect Lifestyles Unlimited single-family house. Are you ready? Okay, here, here I go. As I step foot into what is the nastiest real estate I've ever encountered, a foul odor engulfs my senses. The stench of decaying matter and dampness permeate the air, making it very difficult for me to breathe. You know, I'm kind of going, <gasps> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You've been in those places. All right. The walls, the walls are covered in layers of grime and filth with patches of peeling wallpaper, revealing a mold infested surface underneath. Every corner I turn reveals a new cluster of cobwebs and crawling insects. Are you disgusted yet? Are you getting disgusted yet? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm, I got to talk about the floors. I mean, the floors, they creak. But you know what I'm talking about. They creak with every step as if they're on the verge of giving way. The carpets are stained beyond recognition. And walking barefoot would be unthinkable in this place. I don't even want to know what's on or in that carpet. I don't want, oh, and the smell permeating from those carpets. Really bad stuff. Then I look at the windows. All the windows, they're all smudged and cracked, barely letting any light in. The once white curtains hang limp and tattered, serving as a feeble barrier against the outside world. And they're stained, too, mostly because somebody was smoking inside of this house. And you can see that the, all of the drapes have grabbed all of that smoke, lingering smoke. Oh, it's ringed. All, it's gross. It's nasty. Now, how about the kitchen? 
Oh, let's go into the kitchen because that's a disaster zone. It's got rotting food left to fester on the countertops, and there's rotting food in the sink. And and the sight of buzzing flies and scurrying rodents only adds to the repulsiveness. Oh, man, I tell you what, I'm, I'm making myself ill just, just thinking about this place. But then, then there's the bathroom. The bathroom, which is a breeding ground for bacteria with a perpetually clogged toilet and a shower covered in, oh, what is that slimy residue? That is nasty. The rusty pipes leak sporadically, creating a damp and unpleasant atmosphere. Then I go into the bedroom, and it's a haven for dust mites and bed bugs with a sagging mattress and stained sheets that have seen much better days. The oppressive darkness and the feeling of unseen creatures lurking makes it impossible for me to find solace in this space. I can't find it. Then I look up and I notice, oh, look at those ceilings. They're all water damaged with peeling paint and ominous brown stains. It's a constant reminder of leaks and potential structural issues, which only add through the overall discomfort of this place. Yeah, I've just described to you the nastiest house that I could possibly find. That, to a Lifestyles Unlimited member, is a dream house. The dream house for you as a real estate investor is is the nastiest place that you can find. Now, not everything you're going to buy is going to be as bad as the place I described. I've actually been to some very, very nasty properties. And when I walked into those properties, I wasn't turned off. Now, my, my nose may not have liked what it was experiencing. And, you know, my sense of taste could kind of taste the nastiness that was in the air. I mean, seriously, it was that bad. But here's the point. You have to look past all of that stuff. You have to look past the nastiness of the property. And you have to look at the potential that the property can bring you. Now, think about it. Who goes out and buys totally nasty property? Not too many people. Let's let's get down to the brass tacks of it. Not too many people go out and do that. Why don't they do that? Because most people are not in the market for a disaster. They're not. They don't have the time. They don't have the inclination. And they may not have the knowledge base to, to deal with a totally nasty property. So if they come across something that's considered a nasty property, they just they just walk away. They don't even blink. It's like a no, a no. It's a strong no. But when we as real estate investors, we come across a very nasty property, that no becomes a very strong yes, a very strong yes, especially when you consider what you can buy that nasty property for. Now, think about it. Price is sensitive to the marketplace. It is. Price is very sensitive to the marketplace. If you have a beautiful property that everybody clamors after, it will affect the price and cause the price to move upward. That's how markets move pricing. It works the same way. If you have a property that nobody wants, that nobody likes, it's just, it's an eyesore. It's like, could somebody just buy that and clean that up? But not me. I don't want to do that. I mean, that's the attitude that people have. So that affects pricing because the pricing on that property will go down because let's, let's be clear about pricing. There isn't any piece of real estate in the world that can't be sold as long as you figure out what the price should be. Yeah. I'm serious about that. A lot of people will put properties on the market and they will overprice the properties. And those properties will sit there and sit there because they're competing against other properties that have been put on the market at fair market value. 
Now, these nasty properties that I'm talking about, where do you find them? Where do you find them? I mean, how, how do you find them? Well, the easiest way to find them is to create relationships with people that are out there looking for properties like this. What am I talking about? Well, if you recall the concept of building a team, we've talked about this on the show. As a matter of fact, I will do a show in the future to, to talk specifically about the team. And, and I've, I've done probably three or four shows that talk about the team. So for those of you that have missed those shows, the people that you need to have on your team that can actually go out and find these nasty properties for you are people like real estate agents. And not just any real estate agent, a real estate agent that understands what you are looking for when it comes to property. They need to understand that the nastier the better works for you. Yeah, and here's the thing. When nasty properties come to you, there's not a lot of people that want to buy those things. So you have a little bit of time to work through the mechanics of buying the property. Now, if the property came to you from a wholesaler, that wholesaler wants to make their fee like right now, like immediately. So you have to have the wherewithal. You have to have the knowledge about not only the marketplace, but also what it's going to cost to repair those properties. Yeah. So you have to have some fundamental knowledge. We can teach you that fundamental knowledge at Lifestyles Unlimited. And then when you have that knowledge, nasty properties, they, they don't scare you. As a matter of fact, you, you start getting on the hunt for them. It's almost like a hunting thing. You're hunting for nasty properties. So where do you find these nasty properties? Well, one place you can look is to dilapidated buildings. What are dilapidated buildings? Well, these are structures that have fallen into disrepair due to years of neglect. They, they probably have some crumbling walls. Maybe they've got a sagging roof. There's, there's clearly going to be broken windows. And they might have extensive structural damage. So you have to be, be very cautious and understand what structural damage could be. Where does structural damage come from? Well, it can come from the fact that the property was not maintained. Maybe there was a bearing wall that has a problem and it's, and it's not doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Can you repair that? Do you know how to repair that? Or is that a repair that you don't want to do? These are all great questions for you to ask yourself and to answer for yourself before you get too deep into the scenario, before you get too deep into the scenario of buying the property. Now, Dilapidated buildings are not only visually unappealing, but they can pose some safety risks. So let me, let me just give you a safety tip. How about this? If, if you actually decide you want to go look at a, at a dilapidated building, what you should do is you, you should analyze the numbers first and make sure the numbers make sense. If the numbers give you a green light and you're going to go look at that dilapidated building, make sure you go with the proper clothes and the proper safety equipment that you might need. What am I talking about? Okay, don't show up like I would show up in flip-flops and shorts. No, that's, that's a really bad idea. Remember what I was talking about earlier in the show? I mean, that's stuff that I have actually seen in different types of properties. Now, I kind of combined it to make it a real, really super nasty place. But those super nasty places, they exist as I described them. And when you walk into them, you need to wear very good shoes, very supportive shoes. Um, I like to wear ankle top shoes. I do because I don't know what might be slithering around in there. You know what? I, I live in Texas. We have snakes. Snakes can get inside of these properties. So I like to wear ankle top boots so that if, you know, the, the odd chance that there's a snake in there and it decides to strike me, if it's going for my ankle, 
the leather is going to protect me. I'm also wearing jeans or at least long pants. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt because I want to be protected against anything that could be in there. I wear a hat. I do. Now, I wear glasses. I, I have to wear glasses. If you don't wear glasses, I'd recommend putting on some kind of you know clear safety glasses because, again, you don't know what you're going to walk into. And, and remember those N95 masks? Remember those? Those are the, the big thing during the pandemic. You should have a box of those available because you don't know if there's any contaminants in the property when you go into it. Does that make sense? And that N95 is such a good barrier. I mean, if it can stop the COVID-19 virus, then it could probably stop everything else that could be floating around in there that you don't want putting into your lungs. Does that make sense? Okay, n- another, another place that could create a nasty situation for you is a hoarder house. Yeah, you've watched all those shows on HGTV, right? The the hoarder shows. I don't even know if that's HGTV, but it doesn't really matter. You've seen those shows, right? Well, those those hoarder houses, they they really exist. I mean, they're they're properties that are occupied by individuals who compulsively accumulate excessive amounts of possessions, leading to cluttered and unsanitary living conditions. These hoarder houses may have limited access. They may have pest infestations and health hazards due to mold, mildew, vermin, who knows what else. Could be snakes in there, too. Could be snakes in there. There's so much junk in there, they never see the snake, right? But you might run into the snake as you walk through that property. So wear wear your boots and your N95 mask. When we come back from the break, more nasty places to talk about. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. So when I say be ready, number one, to get ready, you better join up Lifestyles Unlimited and learn all these things we're talking about. You're out there piddling and, you know, internet information and your buddy's information or your dad's information. It's not going to get you the results that we're talking about. You're going to have to be educated in what we're doing learn from the people that are already where you want to be join us for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com creating the lifestyle you've always wanted you're hearing lifestyles unlimited's real estate investor radio show Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're talking about nasty properties. We're actually talking about where you can find nasty properties, what qualifies as a nasty property. Because when you find a nasty property, what it gives you is opportunity, opportunity to buy that property at really discounted pricing because really it's all that's all it's worth is discounted pricing so you buy it at discounted pricing you take some of your hard-earned money that comes from your hard money lender because we don't like to use all of our own money that's just how we roll as a lifestyles unlimited member and then we take that money we invest that money into that asset repairing all the nastiness of that property and then we turn mr ugly into mr pretty and we create 
clean, functional workforce housing for a demographic in our society that truly desires it. And, and trust me, they've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and the nasty when they're out there looking for places to rent. So when they come by one of my properties, it could be one of your properties, they're going to see the good. They're actually going to see something that's going to be nice, and they're going to be able to call that place home, and they're going to pay you one-third of what they make every month in order to live there. It's a great business relationship. And because you've got the nicest place on the block, you have the most amount of people that will be interested in that property. They will compete to be the winner, if you will. So you can be very selective on who you choose to live in your property. That's a huge benefit also. And it all starts with nasty property. Nasty, ugly, dirty, smelly, gross what other what other adjectives can I come up with? I'm sure I'm sure you ju- you guys just threw a couple out at the the radio, didn't you? I know. All right, so let's let's get back into where you can find these nasty properties. I mean, what what kind of creates the nastiness of a property? How about how about foreclosed houses? What about those things? Now, it's one of those it depends moments. Yeah, just now. Okay, let's let's explain what causes the foreclosure to occur. If, if a homeowner or a property owner, a real estate investor, uh, is unable to make the mortgage payments on their property, that property can go through the foreclosure process. And if left unoccupied for extended periods, these homes can suffer from neglect, vandalism, and damage caused by the occupants or even the natural elements around us. Now, remember, remember back in 2008, we went through that, that nasty real estate meltdown. You remember that, don't you? Okay. When properties went to foreclosure, some people that were living in those properties stripped the properties out. They did. They figured, you know what? I'm just going to burn the bridges, so to speak. I can't have this house. The bank's going to take it back. And you know what? They can have it back, but I'm going to take everything of value out of the property. So what do those people do? They took the stove out. They took the dishwasher out. They took the hot water heater out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they took the hot water heater. Oh, and it gets worse. You know what else they took? Copper piping. Yeah, they stripped all the copper piping that they could out of the property. Oh, and and guess what else is made of copper? Wiring. So where do you think they got that copper from? The walls. Yeah. How did they get there? They ripped open the drywall. Yeah, so when you when you think of a property that has been vandalized, it's got some nastiness to it. It does. Now, not everybody who gets foreclosed upon does damage to the property. So a foreclosure property could be a really, really nasty property, or it could be just a property that, you know, went through some hard times. If the property is in reasonably good shape, it's going to command a higher price in the foreclosure marketplace. And there will be more people that have an interest in buying that property because it doesn't have all the problems as a property that has been decimated. Does that make sense? So the super nasty properties, they tend to go for less money. Part of the reason they go for less money is because they require even more money to be invested into them in order to create the finished product. Does that make sense? I know that makes sense to you. What about, what about contaminated sites? Have you ever considered buying real estate in a contaminated site? Have you? Or do, do you even know that there's contamination in the area? Do you, Well, 
that's one of those things you got to figure out. Now, think about it. Real estate located on or near contaminated land poses health and environmental risks. These sites could have been pre- previously used for industrial activities. That, that has occurred. That has occurred. There, there are places in the United States where property or land gets repurposed and it goes from industrial to residential housing and that land may have been contaminated as a result of the industrial activity that occurred long before that property was converted over into single family properties. That makes sense. Okay. What, what else? Well, what about properties located near landfills or chemical storage sites or properties that lead to soil or groundwater pollution or, or are near soil or groundwater pollution? These things require extensive remediation. They really do. This might be one of those areas where as a property investor, you have to draw a line. You have to say, you know, there's there's a certain amount of cleanup I'm willing to do. There's a certain amount of nastiness I'm willing to tolerate. But maybe, maybe these contaminated sites are bridged too far. But keep in mind, there is no property that will not sell for some type of price. You know where I'm going, right? So that contamination on that property could cause even more people to not want to buy that property. And as a result, there's not much demand for that property. How do you resolve, if you're the owner of the property, how do you resolve a declining demand for your property if you want to sell it? You keep lowering the price. You lower the price until somebody comes along and says, you know what, I'll buy that property for that price. And they will inherit all of the problems with the property. So if you're going to mess around with a contaminated site, make sure you know what you're doing. Now, I know that there are those of you out there that know exactly what you're doing. You probably have experience doing this in your, your W-2 job, or maybe you're, maybe you actually own a company that deals with, you know, contaminated sites. So if you're one of those people, this type of property might be the right kind of nasty property for you. But keep in mind, everything still has to pencil out financially. Okay. So let me, let me just turn the the switch on you guys for a second. What I want to do is I want to get back to the premise that if you're finding a nasty property, the reason you're finding the nasty property is because you know that a nasty property gives you an opportunity to buy an asset that won't give you a lot of competition. Now, understand this. There are people that will compete with you for these nasty properties. You know who they are? They're other real estate investors. They may or may not be Lifestyles Unlimited members. They probably aren't Lifestyles Unlimited members because we don't compete with each other. Okay. So there will be the opportunity for pricing to potentially get pushed upwards if you get yourself into some kind of bidding or how do you avoid that? I think the best way to do that is to be represented. This is Al's opinion. I think you need to have somebody who has a qualified real estate license who understands nasty properties representing you. I really do because they bring a level of expertise and professionalism to your team that maybe you already have, or you don't have. And it doesn't matter because here's the neat thing. They are unemotionally attached to that particular property, unemotionally attached, meaning that it's, it's just business. Now you You, as the potential buyer, 
you, you might be getting all worked up at the nastiness. You might be going, oh, it's such a dirty, nasty property. I got to get this property. I'm willing to pay a little bit more just to get it. Okay, that's, that's emotion. Emotion is not your friend in the transaction process. It's not. It's not your friend in the negotiation process. You want somebody with a clear head that's going to go in and basically represent who you are as a buyer and the fact that you can close the deal. That's why you want to be represented. Now, some of you are cheap. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to call it the way I see it. Some of you are cheap. You don't want the real estate agent earning a commission because when you when you figure out what that commission amount is, you think, well, that's a lot of money for they don't do a lot. I'm here to tell you they do a lot. They do a lot. And there's a lot that they do that happens behind the scenes, totally happens behind the scenes. You, you don't even know what's going on. And I'll tell you what, the best real estate agent is the real estate agent that makes everything seem like it's absolutely seamless. Like you tell them, I want to buy the property. Next thing you know, you've got a contract all drawn up to your, your expectations. And then the next thing you know, they've negotiated that contract and they've got a, a signature from the seller. And the next thing you know, you're in title. So you write, you know, a checkout for your earnest money and deposit that into to title. And uh, you don't do that. Your, your agent does that for you. They run everything through the escrow process. Now you're monitoring things, making sure stuff is, is going correctly. But the reality is the, the really good agents, there are already three steps ahead of you. It's a beautiful thing. So then you sign on the bottom line, you've got your nasty property, and now you go to work remediating that nasty property. You go to work turning that dirty, nasty, gross, ugly, smelly, I'm running out of adjectives again, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You take that nastiness away from that property. You put that property through a makeover. Yeah, it's a makeover. It's totally a makeover. And in some cases, you might actually have to go down to the studs because that property might be in such bad shape. But here's the thing. When you know what it costs to remediate property, when you have an understanding of what it costs to level a floor, what it costs to replace a roof, what it costs to do interior drywall, what it costs to paint the exterior of the property, paint the interior of the property, what it costs to rebuild a kitchen, what it costs to rebuild a bathroom, what it costs to do all of the functional things that you need to do in order to breathe new life into that property. When you have all of that information in your brain available to you, you'll know exactly what you can afford to spend on that nasty property and then you buy it. You go for it. You, you put your best foot forward. And if you don't get it, it's not a problem. And here's why. The deal of the century comes around at least once a week. At least once a week. I think it comes around every day. I really do. I have this, this belief in the abundance mentality, which means there's plenty of real estate to go around for you and me. And if I find one particular property that I'm trying to make, make it work and I, and I just can't make it work. So I just let the property go. Or even if I make an offer on the property and my offer is rejected without a counter offer, it's going to be okay because there will be another nasty property available to you to analyze and potentially buy. Trust me, there's lots of nastiness in this world. Lots of it. You can be one of those people that identifies the nasty and then turns the nasty into something desirable. Now that is an art form. That is an art form that you can create, that you can present, and you can change 
not only the lives of the people that will live in those properties, you're going to change your own life because you're going to develop a little thing called passive income. You're going to develop something called natural appreciation. You're going to develop all kinds of ways that we make money in real estate, and it's going to change your life for the better. And it all starts with a nasty property. Look, if you want to find out how I'm doing what I'm doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.